0: This video is sponsored by Jerry's Artarama. Jerry's Artarama online has been serving artists for over 50 years, providing only the best quality art supplies. Jerry's Artarama has premier lines that sell all over the world and are used by millions of artists and professionals worldwide for amazing results. In addition to over 65,000 fine art supplies, choose from over 4,000 free art lessons. Oil painting, drawing, acrylics, watercolors, mixed media, and the largest selection of new supplies professionally evaluated and created by artists for artists. Jerry's art has been empowering artists since 1968. We provide reliability, better art supplies, great prices, and exceptional service. The quality of your art matters to us. Hello, everybody. Today we are doing an artist curriculum, which is drawing part one if you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class. We've got everything you need here at ArtProf, critiques, tutorials and professional development. This curriculum is a part of our series of curriculums for self-taught artists. And I recommend that you go to artprof.org because all of the curriculums and all of the content is consolidated over there. And to accompany the curriculums, we now have these tracks which are a sequence of video lessons and assignments that you can do at your own pace. Today is part one, and we're gonna try our best to go over drawing materials. And we're gonna get started with graphite because I think for a lot of people, this is their very first drawing tool that they ever get to use. Why do you think there's something reassuring about that, Lauren? That graphite is so familiar for a lot of people.
1: Well, I think that you're right. When you're in kindergarten, generally, you're starting out with a pencil. So there's one, that familiarity, the touch of a pencil. You probably used, what, the 2HB or whatever, but it goes all the way down to very, very soft, which is the Bs, to very, very hard, the Hs. But you can also erase. And people love the idea that they can just, like, get rid of a mistake so quickly, they can backtrack. I think that's why pencil is the, it's the number one choice of starting out artists.
0: That said though, it does frustrate me sometimes that people oftentimes don't see the full potential of pencil drawings, that there's this assumption that they have to look very tight and for realistic and detailed. Kat, Tell us that pencil is more than that.
2: I mean, what we're saying is graphite, right? If you say pencil, normally people think, oh, the little stick that you would use to like do your tests in or whatever, fill in bubbles for school. But when we say graphite, it could come in a lot of forms. So there's the pencil type. There's the woodless pencil type, which already expands the amount of mark making you can make. There's powder, and there are also sticks, just like charcoal sticks, but they're graphite sticks. So they really come in a range of forms, and people normally think, oh, graphite equals pencil, when really graphite could be all these kinds of things.
0: i want to give a shout out to Pressy. Thank you so much for the super sticker. We oh, greatly so appreciate your support. And eat your heart out when it comes to mechanical pencils, which I happen to really dislike. But I think if you're going to work in pencil, you have to do your research about what's available because so many people just limit themselves to these ordinary pencils. When really, when you have an arsenal of pencil
1: weapons,
0: it gets to be a lot more
1: fun. Lauren, do you use pencil very much? well actually clara i was going to say that i've fallen out of love with graphite and pencils for a while until i started hanging out with you when you were doing the tutorials because you're the one that showed me to sharpen your pencil with a an exacto knife and i'd always use just a regular old pr- pencil sharpener which they're very frustrating but they always make your pencil a perfect tip whereas doing the the exacto knife means that you can Turn the graphite into all these different shapes and you can use them for all these different types of marks. So it really opened up the world of graphite for me just by changing how I sharpened my graphite tools.
0: And there's so many accessories, these pencil extenders. Kat, do you ever use these? I love these.
1: Oh,
2: absolutely. And actually, my mother used to have a box, and whenever kids would come over, she would catch some kids stealing them because they're so cool, I guess, to those little kids. And then there's charcoal, which I used
0: to use all the time in my freshman drawing classes at RISD, and to be honest, I think one of the reasons I did that was because I knew a lot of people were in high school doing those detailed photorealistic pencil drawings, and charcoal's a really great way to just bust them out of that. Why do you think charcoal, Lauren, is so good for loosening people up and getting out of all those crazy details they get obsessed with in high school.
1: Well, first of all, charcoal, I feel like has this power, this range from total black is black to white of the paper. So you've got that going for it. It's got a lot of oomph to it. But it also is harder to control I think than a pencil or you have to really use your body to make it work in the way that you want it to and there's so many different applications of it. You can use it in pencil form but you can also use willow charcoal or compressed charcoal And each of these has this whole, it's really starting, when you use charcoal, you're really using your body in this way that feel, and your eyes in this way, that feels more like working as an artist. You're, You're starting to see how materials work together to create an image.
0: Kat, what do you think are some of the unique qualities of charcoal that you can't get with other art supplies?
2: As Lauren mentioned, charcoal is a great way to get range in your work in tone. It gets really dark, and you also can make it very bright as well. I think it's also just tactile, it's messy. You have to get dirty to work with charcoal. And actually after a year of using charcoal in freshman year at art school, I would like sneeze and charcoal <laughs> dust would come out of my nose. I mean, that's a pretty common experience for charcoal users. It gets everywhere. And I think that's part of the experience of being a quote unquote true artist. <laughs>
1: The mess. <laughs> this is a
0: comment from Seven Angelic who says there's a rainbow of grays out there. That's what I think charcoal really teaches people is the gray range because straight black is easy. So is white. You just don't draw anything. But is where I really learned that, wow, I really could do a lot of different grays and I could shift the tone ever so subtly. I think that's easier to do in charcoal than in other media.
1: Lauren, did you ever do wet charcoal when you were at RISD? Yes, I did it in, I think, your class. And I did it in Victor Laura's class. Both were very heavy on the wet charcoal. And I really loved that. I hated using dry charcoal because of all of the powder and it getting in my nose, like Kat said. But wet charcoal feels a little bit more like painting, which is the medium that I'm more accustomed to, I guess. And you can really play around with, like, different washes and things, almost like ink, which is super cool.
0: Ree V says, would you be able to get the same blunt tip on a woodless graphite pencil like you do with the x knife on a regular pencil? What's your guess, Cat?"
2: Yes, you could. I mean, on a woodless pencil, you can still take the X-Acto knife to it and whittle it into the shape you want. And if the shape you want is like an exacto knife with a regular pencil, then yes, that is possible.
0: That's why actually when I sharpen any drawing tool, I usually use a knife. I rarely use the pencil sharpener because I just can't control whether I want a blunt tip or a super sharp tip. So that's one way to be able to make that really customized. Now, Conte Crayon, I think, is a really nice option when you want something dusty like charcoal, but not so messy. Lauren, how would you describe Conte Crayon compared to, say, charcoal?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And I also think that it's less messy. I also think it's slightly more waxy. Then charcoal, charcoal is really, really dusty, especially the vine charcoal that people are talking about, whereas Conte Crayon has a bit more integrity to it. I also love that Conte Crayon comes in several different neutral type colors and that I love color. I mean, come on. That's, I, so I feel like that is a, an advantage over straight up charcoal, which comes in black.
0: Polly is asking, can you use the wet charcoal technique with a charcoal pencil? You can't. You have to use either compressed charcoal or a black soft pastel. The charcoal pencil will not be activated by the water. All
2: right. I mean, not to stop you from experimenting. You could try that out. Having a wet surface and drawing charcoal pencil on top of it, I've done that. You did? Did it work? I mean, it's just a line. Okay, let's talk about
0: crayon, because crayon drawing with professional college level, whatever artists, people who aren't in kindergarten, basically, is not really that popular, actually. And I'm surprised because crayon is what really taught me color. If I hadn't learned to draw with these Caran D'Ache crayons, I think I would still be at square one with trying to understand color. Kat, can you explain the difference between
2: Caran D'Ache, Neocolor 1 and 2? I've never used the water-soluble Caran (laughs) D'Ache, but I've used the not water-soluble ones, and they're basically just like crayons. I mean, they're not as soft and creamy as oil pastels. They're not quite that. They're more like, I would describe it as the pencil version of... A postel. Does that make sense? <laughs> They're a little tougher. They're a little waxier. They're definitely crayon. Lauren, why do you
0: think crayons might be a really good entry point for somebody like me who really was having a hard time with color?
1: Well, they are one straight up color. You don't have to mix them. They, or you don't have to mix things together to create a crayon. It already exists as it is. So you've got a really easy way to control your color. But then they're also very good at layering you, and they're very forgiving at layering, especially the fancier crayons that have less wax in them. You can't do this as much with Crayola crayons because they got a ton of wax, but you can put a layer down with those Caran Dash crayons. And then if you don't like it, you can put another layer down of a different color and it'll turn a different color. And also that layering builds up into something super thick, visual, optical mixing, beautiful. It it just has a lot of depth for such an easy, simple material.
0: John Murph is asking, which would you recommend to start out with? Caran d'Ache, Neocolor 1 or 2? It doesn't matter, honestly. The only time I have found it to matter is if you're outside and it's 105 degrees out. Neocolor 2 does melt a little bit. Neocolor 1 doesn't do that but unless you're in Albuquerque, you're probably okay using either one. And we do have many tutorials covering these. And you can see my mentor, my former RISD professor, Tony Janello, he does these crayons. They look like oil paintings and people don't realize the range that crayons really have. So if you haven't tried these before, I definitely recommend that. Wow, looks like Pressy would like to see some more super chat (laughs) animations. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you. All right. Now, as a printmaker, I started using printmaking supplies just to draw with. Typically speaking, lithographic rubbing ink is used for lithography where you draw on a limestone and then you process it and you print it. But I really like these a lot, they're very intense. And I actually like that you can't erase them. Kat, why do you think I like that? Because a lot of people go, oh my god, I can't erase it. I can't use this. Why do you think that might be a good experience to have, not being able to erase?
2: Well, okay, being able to erase makes you really question yourself. You can put down a mark and just backtrack and put down a mark and backtrack again. So you're not going to move forward that fast by doing that. Now, if you have a drawing medium that refuses to erase, you have to be sure about every single mark you put down. And even if you do make a mistake, that is your time to improvise and see what you can make out of that mistake. So these sort of drawing materials that you can't erase are huge tools for learning how to draw confidently. Okay, let's talk about fixative, because a lot of people get
0: concerned about how charcoal drawings are so powdery, they're very difficult to protect. Lauren, can you tell people about fixative and why it might be a good idea and maybe it's not a good idea for some people?
1: Yeah, it, it depends on the I mean, every kind of artwork has a certain kind of thing to fix it into place. So fixative is good for your drawings good for for pastels or or charcoal in the same way that you might varnish a painting to keep everything in place. So if you but if you don't want to spend all the money on on getting fancy fixatives, I think you can use hairspray right and get the same sort of uh, keeping everything in place. Uh, thing I don't use fixative a lot because I don't use a lot I don't do a lot of charcoal or pastel drawings but either have you Kat or Clara have you used fixative a lot I
2: have I've used it for charcoal drawings and also chalk pastel drawings and I mean it's good it fixes down the drawing it doesn't make it smudge or move afterwards it might affect the drawing a little bit because it's wet of course and mm-hmm. if you spray a wet thing onto a drawing, the drawing's going to maybe get a little darker, a little more damp. So it does affect the drawing a little bit.
0: The most important thing about fixative to know though, never use it indoors. I need all the brain cells I have. I want to hold on to them. So always <laughs> use your spray fixative outdoors. Okay, let's talk about pastels because there's a huge range out there. And let's start out with soft pastels. Kat, what do you like about soft pastels and how are these maybe unique compared to the crayons we were just talking about?
2: Compared to the crayons, chalk pastel can cover a wide surface a lot faster. And therefore it almost feels like painting with a dry medium. And that is what I like about chalk pastel. It feels like painting, but it's drawing and it's very dry. Yeah. And I
0: also think that soft pastels, you can layer them a lot. A lot of people think that you can't, but I think in my experience, as long as you start from light and save your darkest darks for the very end, you really can just keep going after a while. Lauren, I don't know if you've ever used these before and you're such a color freak. I would think that you'd be into these, but you don't use them much.
1: Nope, I don't use them at all. I don't like the, I get a weird feeling about textures. If it doesn't have enough wax or fat in it, I'm not gonna use it. Actually, out of all the mediums you've gone through so far, my favorite is the litho crayon because it is the most fatty and waxy. But the others give me that feeling of of goosebumps, like nails on a chalkboard, don't like it.
0: (laughs) They also come in pencil form. And I have found these to be a really nice substitute for charcoal pencils. Sometimes I want something that's got a little tint of a color. So it can be very helpful for things like cross-hatching. And I totally rediscovered oil pastels because I didn't use them for so many years. And then people were asking me here at ArtProf, oh, can we have some oil pastel tutorials? I'm like, oh, I haven't used these since high school, but I'm like really into them. Like Kat, I think these are a great um, transition into oil paint. Why do you think that might be?
2: Absolutely. Well, (laughs) I think they're more similar in quality to oil paint. I mean, they both have oils in it. And I think this is just a great in-between step between drawing and painting. So you're already learning how to layer and use color in the chalk pastel. And then going into oil pastel, now you can learn how to layer and use color with a slightly more wet medium than paint is. Once you hop into paint, that's a totally different skill set. That's going to be really wet and really hard to mix colors. So oil pastel is a good in between. Also, a quick
0: note about brands. They differ so much from brand to brand. And really, you have to try a bunch of them, maybe get some tips from other people. And there's no oil pastel that is quote better than another it's just a matter of preference and sometimes your preferences change depending on how you like to work as an artist so just be aware of that That there's just a ton of variation in those terms okay lauren how about colored pencil
1: i love color pencil it has some of the same qualities as using crayons where you can layer them a lot, but you have the exactness of a pencil, and you can get them in lots of different consistencies. My personal favorite was, well, I've used the Favorite Pastel. I like those. We've used those in some tutorials. I also love Prismacolor a lot, and both my sibling and I have these huge Prismacolor sets with with 200 colors, and... (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. But basically, I, I I digress here. You can get as detailed as you want to, or you can use them in this really chunky way, Clara, that you've been using on previous tutorials, which is kind of mind-blowing for some people. I love that, that they have such a range as far as both color and the way they can be used.
0: Let's talk about erasers, because I think For a lot of people, when they hear the word eraser, they think an eraser is for fixing mistakes. That's when I use it. But I don't use erasers for that most of the time. I really see erasers as just another drawing tool. They just happen to behave differently. So Kat, why do you think that they're helpful in terms of shifting your mindset?
2: When drawing, there is an additive aspect to it, but there's also a reductive aspect to it. And erasers play this part, they are reductive. They take away material and they leave a bright mark. And it's important to know that, yes, you can draw with dark lines, but you know what? You can also draw with lights. And light and shadow need to work together in order to create a successful drawing.
0: And I would love to hear people share experiences with different brands. There's a lot of people here like starving artists saying Derwent's drawing pencils are so soft and smooth because really that's how you figure it out without breaking the bank. It's just hearing other people's examples. Like Jane is saying, Prismacolor is so creamy. Please share in the chat because wow, we have a lot of stuff to go over today. Mm -hmm. Lots of different options. And the thing is people oftentimes think, oh, I just have one eraser. I'm set. But Lauren, why do you think maybe it's good to have an army of erasers instead of
1: one? They're about as different as the materials that you're using, the additive materials that you're using put marks on a paper. They are made out of different things and they respond differently. So needed eraser is really good for pulling out um like gradations of gray and doing multiple passes, whereas the 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 plastic eraser putting that down is like using a titanium white. It's so strong and powerful and it's just very industrial. And those tiny eraser pen things are almost like using a mechanical pencil where you use it for little details to get exact highlights and stuff. So I, yeah, there are about as many erasers as there are pencils in the world, you know? Now, in theory
0: though,
2: you can
1: use
0: anything to make a drawing,
2: right Kat? Oh yeah, absolutely. As Lauren said before the stream, go out and use dirt. You can use dirt to draw, you can use anything so long as it makes a mark.
0: And so I would just say, never limit yourself to the art supply store. I've always thought it was dumb that they sold these chamois cloths. I mean, they're fine, but I mean, my colleague, Kathy Speranza, she uses toilet paper and gets great results. So a lot of this is just having an open mind. I was drawing with Q-tips the other day. A cotton rag is one of my favorite tools just to push different pigment
2: around. Kat, I think you told me about using a foam brush with graphite powder. I used it with charcoal powder, and I used it primarily to cover my surface in charcoal powder. And then I would go in with an eraser to lift off the powder and draw with the lights.
0: Even sandpaper. Lauren, why might this be helpful?
1: I love sandpaper, especially using it on Mylar or Ufo, because that's another way to lift As a reductive method, you can lift charcoal or graphite or whatever you're using off the surface of your canvas. You get a really interesting texture just by sandpapering it down. And even in
0: scratchboard, you can use sandpaper. So sandpaper has a lot of amazing uses that I think are great to consider. Drawing boards... You don't need one. I mean, basically you can draw on whatever, but I have found especially for figure drawing classes when there's like an easel, it it does help. So you can get one if you want. Okay, Kat, tell us about ink since you are our resident ink queen here at (laughs) ArtProf.
2: I mean, I think people have to understand the difference between ink versus watercolor versus paint, because at what point is it drawing and at what point is it painting? Well, I think in the case of ink, you can't really layer it at all. Once it's down, it's down. It's just like a pen mark. It's just like marker, essentially. It's very permanent. And although you can dilute it and make it somewhat like watercolor, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like harder. It's a harder liquid material. It seems not as mixable and not as easy to create a specific color or something like that. Um, And for ink, you can use pretty much anything to draw with ink. You can use a bamboo pen or you can use a dip pen like I do. You can use a fountain pen. You can use a paintbrush. And I think it would still count as drawing.
0: For sure. And I think comics are a huge place to look at people who really know their stuff in terms of ink. Dip pens, I think, can have beautiful results. And they're more frustrating for a lot of people, but I think we've seen Kat, the results that you're able to get with those tools. So a lot of these may feel frustrating at first, but give them time. Like Lauren, don't you think a lot of these tools, you need to hang out with them a little bit,
1: right? (laughs) Yeah. And I also think that that awkwardness or uncomfortableness with starting a new material is actually really good because it means you basically have to learn how to draw again or learn how to see and be an artist again, rather than go on autopilot. I think especially once you reach a certain level, you really want to like stay in your comfort zone and experimenting with some of these materials. One gives you more tools in your toolbox, but two gets you back into learning which is important
0: and i think it's important to keep an open mind about this stuff because a lot of people might look at gel pens and say, oh these are those dippy glittery things but they totally have a purpose like lauren you use them all the time in visual journaling why is it
1: helpful to have these oh i don't just use them in the visual journaling i'll sometimes use them in the paint it or the paintings and drawings I show in galleries because they're zippy I can't get a metallic you know where where else am I going to get a certain metallic pizzazz I I think (laughs) that the the detailness of it just creates a nice effect you can't get anywhere else
0: well this is like two percent of the pens that exist Kat do you have any tips for how to
2: figure out
0: which pens work for you without breaking the bank
2: Usually at the store, they have a little section where you can test pens, and I usually like to test them before I actually buy them. Other than that, I look at YouTube reviews. There are plenty of people who have bought these products and use them live and film themselves using it. I can rely on the reviews there as well.
0: And sometimes something that you think is so ordinary can do amazing things. Like ballpoint pens. Everybody has these lying around, and this is an epic ballpoint pen drawing that Mia Rozier did. I think it's like three feet wide. It covered her whole dorm floor. And so just never underestimate what you think your tools are capable of because you can really manipulate them. Ariel says, now I wanna draw with all the things. Every one of these streams is so inspiring. How did I get along before I found RPROF? Well, we're so glad. You found us
1: and Lauren, why do you think it's important to
0: try a lot of these things and not to just stick in one category?
1: Well, you can't knock it until you've tried it. And there have been plenty of experiences that I've had where I thought, oh, for sure, I'm not gonna like doing something. And then it becomes my medium of choice. That's what happened with Yupo, for instance, which people, who've been following us for a while know that I've been with for a long time, but also even acrylic paint was not my original medium. I thought it was like uh, amateur, amateur hour. I was using oil. Turns out acrylic was the medium for me after experimenting.
0: Jane has a question. Lauren, would you recommend metallic gel pens over metallic craft paint?
1: I personally don't do that. I I think that using the craft paint is a little bit overkill for me. That's actually why I use the gel pens, because it gives me a little bit of that glitteriness instead of like taking it on all at once. But it's, there's certainly like, you can try that. That's totally cool. You'll probably find something really neat with how they affect each other. Go ahead. Kat,
0: have you ever been to the art supply store? and there's a new product and you're really suspicious?
2: Or is that just me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the time. Actually, back when I was in art school, they would bring in vendors and have a fair of sorts where they give out their new products or whatever. And I'd look at some of them like paint and a stick, and I'm sure Lauren's a big fan of that one, actually. But I'd look at it and I'd be like, well, what's the difference between the stick versus just paint, you know? <laughs> Um, and I'd be really suspicious of it. And sometimes it's, my suspicions are right, but other times I have to really try the medium before I can judge it.
0: There have been new art supplies recently that I've been very pleasantly surprised by, especially actually in scratchboard. These panels that Ampersand makes, they're not as cheap as the scratch art paper that you're seeing on the left, but oh, they are sweet. I mean, you feel like you're staying at a, five-star hotel and people are just waiting. Are you hand and foot? And the thing about art supplies is oftentimes you do get what you pay for. Do you think that's true, Lauren? Uh,
1: sometimes, I mean, for for some things like paints, yes, I think so. Your your basics student grade paint is very cheap but it is definitely not going to have the luster of the expensive artist grade paint but i think that there are you want to work with lots of materials both cheap and expensive because you'll find which ones you can kind of cut corners on so i knew an artist that a professional artist that uses makeup brushes that from like Walmart or you know the CoverGirl type ones because they make a beautiful effect and they actually last a long time. So you you got you figure out what's right for you after a while.
0: And this is my cave woman version of scratchboard, where I just go at it with my drawings with a razor blade. And here again is the printmaker in me using the etching needle because technically. These are supposed to be the scratch art tools that you use. They sell kits and stuff like that. But I actually found that the etching needle is much better. It's stronger, it's sharper. And so you may find that your experience in other fields carries over because we use the scraper in the scratch board tutorial and it did way better than some of the other tools that were in the kit. So always be on the hunt for different options. Now, Kat, you're really into markers. Lauren, you're really into markers too. What's so great about markers? Because I was never into them. And then Lauren, you sucked me in and now I'm like totally obsessed. So Kat, what do you like about markers for drawing?
2: They're so convenient. They're fast and you kind of just cannot debate with the color. You you have the color and you're going to have to use it no matter what. And I kind of like working around these constraints. I also like how there's different kinds of markers. I have a friend who's a professional artist who uses Crayola markers and her drawings are amazing and it's good as Clara said earlier to experiment and Lauren to experiment with high-end and I guess cheaper uh, mediums because ultimately it is they have to serve you in a certain way and maybe what you need is a very certain material maybe it could be on the cheaper side.
0: And Lauren, I know that for you, markers were not just really fun to draw with, but they played a major role in your development of your painting practice. Can you explain that?
1: Yeah, I used markers as a kind of training wheels to learn how to paint because markers, especially the brush tip type ones and the ones that have the super fat tips, they act just like a paintbrush in a lot of ways. And you can even blend them, too, with a blending stick or blending marker. And so it's kind of this way to take off pressure. I was feeling a lot of pressure to do something really nice and fancy. So I could explore, do some drawings, work in my sketchbook, and eventually I could take those techniques and apply them to acrylic paint. There there are literally acrylic paint markers that exist, same acrylic pigment. And that was a super easy transition to make.
0: Lauren, I think what astounded me, this sounds idiotic, but I had no idea that there was such a thing as opaque paint markers versus the Copics, which are translucent. And once you introduced that to me, my head like exploded. I was like, oh my God, I had no idea that you could make it so painterly. And so I think anybody here who's interested in painting maybe wants to do something that gives you a painterly experience, but is like one-tenth the amount of time and 10 times more convenient, this is totally the way to go. And Kat, why does the convenience factor of matter here?
2: People love things that are convenient. It's like,
1: <laughs> a- <laughs> I love
2: it when things are convenient. They're really, not messy. They're very, very neat. They can just, pop, you can pop them into your bag and you can take them out and draw a plein air whenever you want. And also, there's a familiarity with this material. Everybody has used a marker. Just like a pencil. People love, uh, people love familiarity.
0: All right, let's talk about paper. Oh, you guys, if you told me, <laughs> Clara, you're trapped in this art store, I'd be like, fine, I'll just touch the paper all day. <laughs> that would be paradise for me. Who here is a paper nerd? Let me know because I really care about my paper. Lauren, do you care about your paper?
1: I do, but apparently I'm not a paper nerd like you because I couldn't even remember the the difference between hot press and cold press in terms of textures and I just feel like I'm out of my depth in papers and you need to teach me all the things.
0: Well, One thing that I wish people would explore more is not using white paper. One of my favorite things to draw on is black mat board. Kat, why do you think everybody's stuck on white sheets of paper all the time?
2: Because people traditionally think of paper as a white thing. I mean, you grow up with paper, you grow up with pencil, you grow up with marker, and you grow up with white paper. And the fact that there's colored paper, black paper, that just blows people's minds already.
0: And also you don't have to stick to paper. You can draw on any surface. Like Tony Ginola, my former professor, he does all his crown drawings on untempered masonite. And it's a great surface because it's very strong. And so it really can take a a beating (laughs) during your drawing process. Things like acetate and mylar are really fun because they're transparent. Even tracing paper is really fun to play with. And rice paper is, oh, oh, rice paper. I feel like I'm thinking about Benedict Cumberbatch right now. That's how good it
2: is. (laughs) Oh my God.
0: Now, Kat, when is it a good idea to use really crappy non-archival paper like newsprint?
2: When you're doing studies and sketches and things that are very time-based, like I need to complete 10-figure drawings and... I don't know, 15 minutes or something like that. I don't want to use my really nice paper for a figure drawing that's only going to take me two minutes. (laughs) I would like to use newspaper, newsprint. And I'm probably not going to archive it either. It's just a drawing exercise. It's not a final drawing.
0: Lauren, tell us about Yupo paper. We
1: love Yupo paper. Oh, (laughs) yes. UFO paper is a paper that it's like fake paper it's made out of a mineral or plastic or something it's kind of like acetate but it's generally and you can get it in a translucent translucent version but I like using the bright white stuff and you can uh you can basically it holds it holds mediums on it it holds paint and stuff on it really well like but it doesn't let absorb super fast like canvas or paper does it sits on top and then it it dries and so you get these really beautiful bleeds you but you can also work very exactly on it too with like a marker and that will be fine so it's just extremely versatile it's one of the most versatile paper papers i've used
0: i would also say that sometimes not having the right paper it really can be a problem Sometimes it doesn't matter, use whatever you want. But I have found that a lot of people try to do like long-term charcoal drawings on newsprint and it's terrible for that. So when I give people charcoal paper, they go, oh my God, I had no idea that the problem was the paper. And so that's why it is very important, I think, to do your research. Thank you so much to note for the super sticker. We greatly appreciate your support. Sketchbooks. Kat, how would you make recommendations for which sketchbook to buy? Because it's
2: so personal what people like. Try any sketchbook, first of all. I have high-end sketchbooks and I have lower-end sketchbooks. They all work for me and they serve different purposes. But then once you get a taste of all of them, just think, how do I work? And how do I work best? (laughs) With what medium? When? Um, Do you go out a lot and you want a little sketchbook to take on the go? Then a little sketchbook is great. If you want a big sketchbook just for at home, for just practicing, then get a big sketchbook. But also keep in mind that sketchbooks, not only do they come in different sizes and forms, but they also have different kinds of paper. So it's probably not a good idea to use alcohol markers on a sketchbook with very thin paper, unless that is the effect you you want. Like bleed through could be an artistic mark making thing as well but if you are thinking of using a specific medium then get a sketchbook with the right kind of paper for that medium lauren are
0: you particular about the type of sketchbooks you have
1: yeah i but it's hard for me to really say what about the sketchbook makes it good for me like sometimes i'll use a small sketchbook, I, I also spend a long time with my sketchbooks, like, because I have very poor sketchbook habits, it takes me two years to fill up sketchbooks, so I'll get really tired of the one type I'm using and go the complete opposite, I do want to show you the most, re- I just finished a sketchbook the other day, and so this is my new sketchbook, and it's like the nicest sketchbook I've ever had, it looks like a book, um, so so i'm afraid to even use it so also get a sketchbook that you feel comfortable with working inside in the sense that it's not too bougie or too fancy for you to really spill your thoughts into because i'm feeling a little bit of regret getting uh something so fancy and book like right now
0: seven angelic says Think about how it's bound too. Do you want to take out pages or leave them in? Is it getting chucked in a big bag a lot? Well, that's why I'm really into these soft cover sketchbooks that Strothmore makes because you can fold them over. And this was a drawing I did at a museum in Taiwan, and it was so handy to be able to do that, whereas a hard bound sketchbook would not have allowed me to do it. So sometimes I think sketchbooks it just, okay, this was lying there. Other times I plan it way in advance. I think it's just so personal and so specific to your circumstance that you just have to evaluate that and then see what's gonna work. This Google slideshow is available on artprof.org. The link is also in the YouTube video description below. And did you know you can access all of our slideshows in our videos on artprof.org, there's a whole page with links to all of them. And remember, this is the page with all of these self-taught artists curriculums. ArtProf has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And go hang out with Kat and Lauren. They will be in the ArtProf Discord, in the post live streams channel, so you can nerd out more on all this fun art supply stuff subscribe to our channel, like this video, leave us a comment. We need some help from the YouTube algorithm. Thank you so much to our top Patreon supporters. You are all so important to us. You make it possible for us to keep our content 100% free. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.